to Meaningful Minutes, a podcast provided by Beautiful Outcome, where we are passionate about the adventure of creating lives of meaning. I'm your host, Julia Woods, and today we're going to talk about my journey to self-love. Now, let me begin by explaining to you what I mean when I say self-love. To me, it means to accept myself for who I am and who I'm becoming recognizing that within me is both a villain and a hero. And as I allow myself to know and own all of me, it actually gives me the ability to contain or starve the villain and grow or feed my hero. Now, I don't know if it's familiar for you or not to consider that within us is both a villain and a hero. But to me, the villain within me is birthed out of my ego. That need I have to look good, feel good, be right, and be in control. That, that part of me that's willing to throw other people under the bus, hurt people in ways that actually are pretty scary to realize I'm capable of doing. It's all those things in me. My anger, my envy, my sorrow, my regret, my greed, my arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and self-doubt. It's the part of me that I am aware that I could do the worst things that people have done on this earth that I want to judge. It's my willingness to recognize that same capacity of a villain lives within me, and I'm capable of just the same had I walked down the same path they had. Now, Just as true as the villain is in me is also the hero within me. And that hero within me is birthed out of love, joy, peace, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. That hero in me that longs to make a difference, that longs to look into someone's eyes and see that how I've just been with them has made a, such a significant impact that they have seen something new and there is new possibilities available in their life because of what happened in the moment we were together and I was with them. That same capacity is within me. And in every moment, the villain and the hero within me wants to be fed. They both want to run the show and grow. Self-love allows me to accept that this is my machinery and I'm not bad, broken, or wrong, that evil lives within me. I gain the humility to appreciate that I will be forever choosing moment by moment of my life which part of me I want to feed and grow. I'll never arrive. Perfection is a fantasy. And that brings a new depth of unconditional love for myself. It helps me appreciate my humanity and accept that my flaws, imperfections, mistakes, and fumblings are something that's just a part of the gift of me. And that somehow, when I authentically offer that, like miraculously, God is able to create beauty out of that in, in ways that are beyond my understanding, but somehow that's what happens. Overall, 
self-love helps me get over myself. I realize that my life has purpose and meaning and that I'm the only one that can embody the gift of my life and make it a life worth living. It brings a sense of humility that I realize I'm not as bit a big a deal as I want to make myself out to be. And yet, the gift of grace and power to see that I can make a big deal for someone else. I can make something powerful happen when I show up in all my imperfections and all of my gifts. It just somehow makes a difference. I gain a healthy regard for myself and see that I have value and purpose if I want to choose it. Now, that definition of self-love is something that's newer for me. And I thought it might be helpful to share with you what I thought historically self-love was and what I'm so grateful I'm learning self-love is not. So my original beliefs about what self-love were were actually feeding the villain in me. I thought self-love was arrogance and self-absorption. I made up that if I lived in self-love, I'd always be talking about myself, treating myself to self-care appointments like getting my nails and hair done, going to the spa, and spending a lot of money on myself. When I thought about who I would be with this version of self-love, I saw a haughty version of myself walking around as though I was better than everyone else. When I say that out loud, it makes a lot of sense why I wanted nothing to do with self-love. And yet, in wanting nothing to do with this made-up version I had of what self-love was, I actually chose the opposite, which again fed my villain. I decided that a low self-esteem, lack of confidence, avoiding self-care, and self-punishment would be more respectable than what I'd made up self-love was. And so in all of those, I was feeding my inferiority, I was feeding my anger, I was feeding my regret, I was feeding all those things that were actually growing my capacity to hurt other people as I got harder and harder against life and the pain that I kept experiencing. I'm so grateful to be learning what self-love is not and living into what it is. It is really a gift that increases my ability to make a difference in the lives of other people and live into my greater person as I live in the becoming of the best version of myself. It also helps me to get familiar with the villain in me so that I can control it. Because without that, my villain's controlling me and I'm completely oblivious to it. My journey to self-love was not intentional. I didn't set out to start loving myself. I actually just wanted to stop hating myself and my life. For me, it actually um, significantly began. Obviously, I believe our journey of self-love starts the moment we're given life. But I didn't start to get intentional or become aware that I was on a journey until about 2009. And it came out of a very strange 
strange occurrence that brought about this starting of my journey. But in, to, in September of 2009, I actually got so mad at God that I decided to let him know how upset I was at the mess my life was at that time. And I was really angry at him that he didn't seem to care too much or be helping for that matter. In my moments of rage, at yelling at God out loud, actually, in my front yard, I heard God so clearly communicate to me that I was actually my own worst enemy and that he wanted to save me from me. And I told him, in that moment, I, I told him I would allow him to do that on one condition. And that was I needed him to help me know his voice so that I could hear what he was telling me. And in that moment, I heard him speak again. But it was not in the way I'd been listening for him my whole life. It was actually like a combination of an image, a thought, and a sense of peace that was really powerful. And there was it was just like this knowing of what I was hearing him say to me. But it wasn't actually a voice. It wasn't actually an audible voice. It was just this inner sense, like he was communicating, almost like he'd put something in me when he created me that was a communication center between he and I that I'd never known existed. And in that moment, I heard him ask me to ask him to be the first thing on my mind when I woke up the next morning. I thought, okay, I could do that. So I did. The next morning, there he was. And I said, okay, now what? And the same way I'd sensed him speaking to that inner communication center that I just found the day before, I sensed him saying, come sit outside with me and write a few sentences of gratitude. Now, it's a little embarrassing to say, but I was really mad. And I started having a conversation with him in that internal conversation center. And I let him know that I thought his idea was terrible. I asked him why he had to be so arrogant. Why did he want me to tell him how great he was? Couldn't he see what a mess my life was in? Why couldn't he help me start fixing me? I didn't get a response. But I remember the day I remembered that moment that the day before, I decided I would let him save me from me. So I could decide in this moment if I wanted to try his idea or not. Thankfully, I decided to take my bad attitude outside and do what he had suggested I do. That went on for days. Some mornings I'd wake up and I'd be short on time. And when I'd ask him how he wanted to spend time with me, he'd ask me to talk to him in the shower. Other days, he'd invite me to take a walk and talk to him on my walk. As the days and weeks passed, I started developing a relationship with him. My heart of stone that I didn't even realize I'd had began getting softer and I started sensing his love and acceptance for me in ways I'd never known. I started seeing he wasn't mad or disappointed at me, which is what I had sensed all of my life, is that I just kept letting him down, so he must be mad at me. 
But as I began to experience God's love and acceptance for me, it began giving me the ability to offer it to myself as well. If he could love me that way, it it gave me permission to start loving myself that way. And out of that grew my ability to start listening to my heart. Now, historically, I'd shut off the voice of my heart or my intuition, whatever you call it. I didn't believe that that voice inside of me was trustworthy because it seemed to keep telling me things weren't working in my life and I didn't think I knew how to fix them or change them. So I didn't like the messages. And when I didn't like the messages, I learned how to tune them out or ignore them to the point that I barely noticed them at all. But as I started taking time with God each day, it brought me to be with my thoughts and my intuition. I started having the courage to test them out. At first, it was really clumsy, and I got frustrated more times than not as I found my voice to be soft and hard to hear. And what it was inviting me to do, it didn't usually make any sense to me at the time. But as I began to do what I sensed it telling me, I started to see life beginning to be produced. Like, I might sense it telling me to call a friend. And when I would call the friend, I'd find out that friend really needed my call. Or I'd hear my heart invite me to say something to a client about something that I noticed I admired about them. Now, it was uncomfortable because I didn't realize I'd set this imaginary boundary within myself that said I couldn't be like that with clients. But as I shared with them what I felt, it would bring tears to their eyes. And all of a sudden, I could learn that I could really make a bigger difference in my clients' lives than just the product I was creating for them. I started seeing my life and my presence had value, and I loved that part of me. It began actually reminding me of the younger child version of myself. I started waking up excited about what adventure I was going to find today and what difference I could make for someone. As I started offering myself to other people, the next start, the next step of my journey to self-love was a scary one. I started to notice and understand a lot more about how codependent many of my relationships were. I could now see that while I did a lot for my husband, my kids, my mom, my friends, I was actually not doing it for them. It was something I was doing for myself. I was feeding the villain in me through manipulation and control. The things I was doing had strings attached. There was an unspoken sense that if I do this for you, you now need to do this for me. Like if I took my daughter to meet her friends, she needed to somehow make me feel like I was a good mom. Or if I did things for my husband that he was more than capable of doing for himself, then he owed me dependency. Like I wanted to do things for him that would make him know that he could never live life without me. For example, I took care of all of our finances and regularly reminded him that he was bad at it. And I would say things like, what would you ever do without me? I feared that he didn't need me. 
And so to calm my fears, I worked hard to make sure he did need me. I don't know if that makes any sense, but the biggest way I can see if I'm enabling is when I'm doing for what I when what I'm doing for someone is actually to calm my own fears and self-doubt about myself. Which means I'm doing something for myself and making it look like I'm doing it for them. That to me shines the light on what describes what codependency looks like in my life. Thankfully, as my self-love was growing, I began to trade codependent interactions for interdependent interactions. I could actually offer my knowledge of how to manage finances to my husband so that he could be strong for himself. I wasn't working to manipulate and control him to stay with me. I was accepting that he actually had a choice. The more I loved myself, the more I could love him and respect his choice. He got to choose each day if he wanted and needed me in his life, which allowed each of us to begin to grow our trust for each other. With my kids, I stopped waiting for them to express that I was a good mom and started deciding who I wanted to be as a mom and showing up that way. My need for their approval or acceptance began to decrease and my ability to love them unconditionally began to increase. As you can imagine, this began to grow my self-love in huge ways. In my relationships, I began recognizing where I needed to set boundaries and having the courage to lovingly set the boundary out loud. Helping the other person understand where I was coming from and inviting them to see what was I saw that was unhealthy in our relationship. I was gaining a sense of being proud of myself for the internal growth that myself and others were seeing show up on the outside of me. I was able to start hearing feedback from my loved ones in a way that could help me see how and what impact I was making So I actually could shift what wasn't working and do something new to make the impact that I actually wanted to make. The people that were in relationship with me started seeing their value as I was seeing mine because I stopped doing things for them. They got to start doing things for themselves and growing their appreciation for their own abilities. They no longer needed me to survive but they wanted me with them as they learned to live their lives. Let me say that again. The people in my lives no longer needed me to survive, but they actually wanted me with them as they lived their lives. That was life-changing for me and everyone around me. When I hated myself, I imagined that everyone else did as well. So the way I thought that... So why would I think that they actually wanted me? So I thought I would need to make them need me. But once I started loving myself enough to let go of this manipulation and control, I began to find out they actually did want me. This took so much less work and was so much more rewarding. The more interdependent my relationships became, the more time I had available to authentically offer myself to others 
and find out who I actually was. I spent more time learning who I was than trying to be who I thought everyone else needed me to be. The voice of my heart began getting louder and my sense of the resource I could be was growing. I started to ask people what they needed from me rather than trying to read their minds. I began seeing they didn't need me to rescue them and I started appreciating the life that they were choosing. Our conversations began changing and the people started walking away from our interactions excited about their life and who they were. Whereas before, I would come to learn that they actually walked away from times of being with me, wishing they could be me, since I seemed to know what they needed to do and that was what they wanted to be able to do for themselves. In essence, when I was showing up trying to fix their problems so that they could be dependent upon me, I left them sensing that something was bad, broken, or wrong with me, with them, and to be someone else would be better. That was hard to come to grips with, that while I was trying to make myself feel better about me, I was actually making other people feel bad about themselves. The more I stopped needing people to need me, the more I could be with what they actually needed for themselves. It became a win-win for both of us. I started seeing my capacity to authentically love others. I saw the joy that I could create, the hope that I could bring, the life that I could create, the humility I could choose in tough conversations to not react or respond defensively, but to be able to hold in the conversation, controlling myself and being able to hear what was true for the other person. I started gaining empathy for others and strength to share my truth. All of this began feeding the hero in me. A true hero doesn't rescue. They simply come alongside of people and invite them into their own greatness as they're choosing their own. As I authentically offer myself to others, Life is produced in them and me. It is a powerful exchange of love that deepens both of our appreciation for our life and the life of the other. I've shared with you a glimpse of my continual journey of self-love. I haven't arrived, nor will I ever. I get to keep choosing moment by moment whether I want to feed the villain in me which will produce a selfish, egotistical love for myself. Or I can feed the hero in me, which produces an authentic self-love for myself and others. Self-love is a gift I didn't expect. It is fulfilling and life-producing in ways that help me see the miracle of my life. Every one of us is a walking miracle with the ability to grow miracles. We are seed sowers. Within us is the ability to sow love, joy, hope, peace, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. We sow those seeds every time we show up in our authentic self, 
having the courage to live out loud in what our heart is leading us to at that moment. Our sense of self is healthy to the point that we don't think too highly of ourselves to see when we miss it, and we're willing to go again. We are comfortable enough to bring our fears and doubts along with us, but not let them hold us back from sharing our truth. And as we do this, our self-love increases, and miracles and fellow heroes grow all around us. When we feed our hero, somehow it inspires others to feed their hero, and before we know it, the gifts of love, joy, peace, and generosity begin breaking through the evil in all of us, making a difference in the world. Now, I get that may sound idyllic, but in reality, it is an imperfect journey of what is available to us. Robert Holden says, The relationship I have with myself sets the tone for every other relationship I have. This definitely rings true for me as self-love is changing my world and the lives of those around me. Today, I invite you to get intentional about your journey to self-love. While your steps will probably look very different than mine, listen to your heart. I promise you, it will lead you to feed your hero by authentically loving yourself. As this podcast ends, would you be courageous enough to simply ask your heart this question? What is the first step I need to take to self-love. Write down what it says and try it on. See what happens. I'd love to hear in the comment section below what you sensed your heart telling you. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and then share this podcast with a friend. For more resources or to contact me, please go to my website, beautifuloutcome.com. I look forward to connecting with you again soon.